You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Corporate Quitter. I'm your host, Gabby Ainel, and today's guest is a spicy firecracker of a person. I love her. She's amazing. Ediana Rosen is a content creator, career, and side hustle coach. She helps professionals from underrepresented backgrounds build a strong personal brand so they land a high-paying job faster. And for those of you looking to leave corporate, which I know with Corporate Quitter seems appropriate, she coaches multi-passionate women to launch, market, and grow their online side hustles so that you can start to build a full-time income on part-time hours, which is every everyone's dream. She currently works full-time at a FANG company as a recruiter where she gets to source, attract, and evaluate software engineers until she eventually transitions out to make this her full-time gig. So thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited that you're going to bring so much energy and insight into this. Absolutely, Gabby. Thank you so much. That was a wonderful introduction. And I'm so excited to be here and honored, by the way. I've been a huge fan since you launched, so ah, I can't believe I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) So can you give us a little background, like what your story is? You know, how did you become a career coach and now a content creator in between working your full-time job? Absolutely. So I'll start from the beginning. I actually came to the United States when I was 15. I always find myself telling people that because people are curious where my accent is from and why I speak the way I do. (laughs) So I am a proud Latina at heart. I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic, moved here when I was 15. And that's important because it's part of my story with my immigrant values and the reason why I am where I'm at today in corporate. I am as multifaceted and and multi-passionate as they come and has been a huge, huge roadblock for me when it comes to entering the entrepreneurial space as well as my work day to day. I have switched industries four times so far in my career and going back to college, I switched my major five times if you can believe that. But I feel like that's like part of the plan, even though it's not. Like it just makes you such a unique and interesting person with different skill sets versus just having one degree and one set of values and skills. Yeah, but you know what? It's just interesting because society has always made it a point to kind of want to force people into boxes. Like you have to pick one path. You have to do this. You have to do that. And then specifically for my immigrant values and my background, it's very important for my family. It's like, well, what do you mean? Like you were supposed to be a teacher and now you're not. And what do you mean you're undecided on business? What do people do with a business degree? And well, guess what, mom and dad? Now I'm making a six-figure salary at a company with a management degree in business. So there's a lot that you can do. It's just really just kind of experimenting and not being afraid of just taking risks. But, you know, in 2016, just to kind of go back a little bit more on what my background is on content creation, I was in a really boring job, (laughs) just was tired of doing the same old things day to day. And I knew something was missing. I just knew something was not clicking for me. Although I liked my job, I didn't love my job. And I didn't want to leave. I didn't know what entrepreneurship was like. I didn't know it was a thing. So I just took to YouTube, started watching YouTube. And something that was really interesting to me was makeup, believe it or not. And I used to watch, you know, the Carly Bibles of the world and Jacqueline Hale and Kathleen Lights. And I'm like, oh, you know, I love makeup so much. I'm going to go ahead and get a certification on makeup. So I went and got certified in makeup. It picked up pretty quickly for me in 2016. I started doing a bunch of weddings and special events. And then I realized that I was not really thrilled about waking up at three in the morning on a Saturday to go to a wedding venue to do someone else's makeup. 
And I'm like, hmm, I don't think this is going to work out for me. And so I then decided to just do YouTube videos, teaching people how to do makeup. And for the corporate world, because I was more on the simple side of things when it comes to makeup. So I was just not consistent at all when it comes to YouTube. It's hard. It's hard to do YouTube uh, when you're working full time. And so that fizzled a little bit. And then in 2019, I became a mom for the first time. And that is when things really just took a turn because it is true what they say. When you do become a mom, your identity kind of just goes into this black hole of like, who am I? What am I doing in this world? Because now you become someone else's mom and that's it. It's like your identity gets ripped away from you. And if you don't really know how to navigate that, it can become really difficult to kind of go back in your groove and the lane. Then people started asking me a bunch of questions about motherhood. Hey, how are you like working out? You going to work and having your baby and all this other stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll start creating content about motherhood. So I started putting content out there about motherhood, my birth story, everything that has to do with dealing with working nine to five and being a mom as well. And although that did well, I'm not going to lie, it did well, but I just didn't know where that was going to go. It just was something that I enjoy talking about with my friends and here and there, but not something for me to be consistent on to talk about on social media. And then I landed a job at a startup. Oh boy. (laughs) It was the worst job I've ever had. Extremely toxic. I was just surrounded with like the most narcissistic people that you can ever imagine. And mind you, I'm HR. So I was abused verbally and mentally. And I got out of there with my confidence on the floor. I just started to have crazy anxiety from that job. And then one person asked me, hey, somebody was so nice. He came to me and asked me about advice, about career. So I talked to him about it. And he said, well, do you do consulting on the side? Do you do career coaching? And I'm like, what? What's that? And I mean, I've done recruitment and human resource management for my whole career, seven years now. And so my family and friends always came to me to help them with their resumes, to help them do better on interviews, to deal with LinkedIn. And I had no idea that what I was doing was career coaching. I was just helping people for free, you know, doing their resumes and things like that. Until this person put those words together, I didn't realize what that was. I'm like, no, I don't. I would be curious to learn more. Tell me more. So then I started going into the rabbit hole of Google, searching for coaching, and I realized what a huge industry it is to be a coach. I'm like, wow, that is so interesting. These are things that you were never taught in college. Like people don't ever teach you alternative career paths. And that is what the crisis is right now with people just trying to look for something else that they didn't even know existed. And that is when my business kind of came about. It was late 2019 when I finally put it out there that I'm going to become a career coach. And it was thriving for a second while I was working my nine to five. And I was almost ready to say I have enough money saved up so that I can go ahead and do this full time. The reason why I wanted to have enough money is because my husband is a full time entrepreneur. Healthcare and all of that other stuff always fell on me because obviously I was working full time and now we have a little baby at home. So health insurance was important to us. And so I wanted to have enough money for at least six months so that I didn't have to worry about that. Because in entrepreneurship, and Gabby, you probably know that when you come from a place of scarcity of like, I need this sale, that translates. And that's where what you can offer as a coach diminishes because you're in it for the money as opposed to the impact that you're making. And so 2020 happened, right? I was almost ready to quit my job. And 2020 happened. And I was like, you know what? This was meant to be because I could not have stand one more second in that place. I was in the lowest of the lowest times mentally. 
And so March of 2020 came around. My job was eliminated because they just could not afford to keep me anymore. And I said, well, it's now or never. Yeah. But then the job market took a huge turn with that as well, where a lot of people were losing their jobs. A lot of people were not interested in paying a four-figure investment to somebody to help them find a job when there was no jobs for them to land. The turn that that took was people were asking me, hey, I know that you were running a side hustle for a year or so when you were working. I'm interested in doing that too. Because something that 2020, the silver lining is that we all realized that we should not have all of our eggs in one basket. And that's when people started to realize that there's a lot of opportunities out there to create extra income outside from your nine to five and potentially even going full time. I said, hmm, there's an idea here. So I started talking about business, helping people with side hustles. And that is where everything kind of took shape into my content creation, how I put information out there, how I help others and the services that I offer. So I know that it was a long journey, a long answer, but that is how I got here. And that is what I do today. Yeah, but I think it's important that you really hone in and tell that story because something I'm constantly telling people is that, like you had said, nothing's linear. It's all over the place. You do different things. And like that doesn't make or break you as a person. It just makes you more interesting and also more marketable. Whereas before where it's like, right, get the degree, get the same exact job, do the same thing, and you just stay there. That really limits you to what you can do in the future. I just think things are changing and you're one of the people who've also experienced the change throughout your life and you're doing it now. And it's so cool. Like, it's very, very cool to see it all happening, especially while you're working full-time, which is not easy. It's hard. After a long day and you're exhausted and then you go to work at night, it sucks. And you're a mom. It's hard. Yeah, it is. But sometimes you just have to ask yourself, you know, how bad do you want it? Because, you know, we all have different circumstances. And just to tell you a little bit of a story there, when my husband decided to go full-time in his business, we didn't have a mortgage. We didn't have kids. So I was working full time and he had this bug in him that he just wanted to leave his job because he knew he could do better. He could do more on his own. I would have never in my mind when he told me, he came home and said, you know, I want to do this. I said, well, awesome. I'll support you. You know, I'm working full time. We don't have kids. We don't have a mortgage. Go for it. If this is what's going to make you happy. And I said, you know, you're very brave because I will never be able to do that. I always want to know where my paycheck is coming from. That was back in 2015, so a while ago. And, you know, things change. And I think that a lot with that had to do with my immigration story, right? Being able to come here with my parents. My parents sacrificing so much to bring our family here when I was 15. You always, as an immigrant child, you always want to make your parents proud. And for immigrants... What that means is having a secure, and you cannot see me in the podcast right now, but I'm putting secure in quotation marks because nothing is secure in a nine to five is not security anymore, but that is their mentality. Their mentality is to work in a big recognizable company where you have your cushy paycheck every two weeks, whether you work 30 hours or 60 hours a week, you're going to get the same exact amount of money in your paycheck. And you have insurance. So those are the things that were instilled in me. So in the beginning, I was just like, you know, kudos to you. I support you, but I will never be able to do that. The stress is too grave. And my husband, he had a lot of open downs in his business, but we could afford that risk. You know, there's people who have the opportunity to make risky decisions like that. And in that case, my husband was one of those. And now I've been able to see the life he's built for himself. And I'm so envious. I'm like, man, I just love how you wake up in the morning with so much purpose, with so much happiness, even with all the back and forths and all of the insecurities that comes with entrepreneurship and all the uncertainty, right? But at least it's something that you've built. And I'll, I'll let you in a little private conversation I had with my mom this morning. 
I just closed my books for October and I realized that I made $1,000 for my business. And I told my mom, I was like, it feels so good to do something on your own. Yes. It's just, it hits different. It, it does. Just, it hits different from, you know, when somebody with a big name deposits money to you, as opposed to when you make it like, and the way that I made that money was to work nine to five, right? And I'm working nine to five because I'm at home. Otherwise, if I would have been in office, I would have to commute. That would be even worse. Then I get off from my computer. I help my husband with dinner and the girls, you know, be able to have dinner together as a family, put the girls to bed, and then excuse myself with my husband for an hour or two, jump on phone calls with my clients. And I am not in bed until almost 12, 1 in the morning, almost every single day, so that I can wake up in the middle of the night to feed my seven-month-old. So it's like, one is how bad you want it. And two is, what are you envisioning for yourself? Is this going to be the rat race for the rest of your life where you're only going to be reporting to someone and just going that ladder? And that's okay because that's what I envisioned for myself for a long time. But it's okay not to want that anymore. And that's what I want people to understand, that it doesn't matter your values. It doesn't matter what security for you means. But you have to really be clear in your goals and what's the overall vision you see for yourself in the future. I want to be able to have financial independence. And I cannot achieve that in a nine-to-five, even even if I'm getting a six-figure salary, because I'm very blessed and extremely privileged to say that I do earn a really good income. But even with that, as a millennial, with so much freaking debt from school, with a mortgage to pay, with two kids to look for the future too, two immigrant parents who obviously their retirement account is us, is their children, I won't be able to achieve that on a nine-to-five. And so people have to understand that Things have changed. It's not the 1950s anymore. And, you know, the plan was to get a cushy job and make it through the ladder and have that corner office. That's no longer the case. And I'm here to tell you that it is possible. You just have to really, really want it. I tell people all the time, I have two kids, I work full time, and I still make time to run a business. So you can absolutely make the time. When there's a wheel, there's a way. Yeah. And I love how you, because I talk to people all day long about this and they're like, oh, I want to do this, but then I can't, I can't, I can't. And they give me like a laundry list of every fucking reason why they can't do it. Time is a big one too, right? Oh, I don't have the skills. I don't have this. And it's like, no matter what solution I provide for you, you always come up with a reason why you can't. And that's not a me thing. That's not someone else thing. That's a you thing. So if someone like you who has so many responsibilities, not only from a nine to five, but also motherhood, being a spouse, honestly, right? You have to contribute to your relationship, being a good daughter, right? To your aging parents that, you know, are going to rely on you in some point, that just goes to show, again, how much you are willing to grow and go the extra mile to build your dream where some people who have no responsibility, no mortgage, none of this, and yet they're not even willing to try. There's a huge difference between the two. Absolutely. While you and I were just chatting before we even hit record is, you know, entrepreneurship and building a business has a lot to do with mindset. And people sometimes roll their eyes like, oh yeah, whatever mindset. I used to be one of those, whatever. I don't need work in my mindset. (laughs) Same. You do because, yeah, it's great to have all these checklists and all these strategies. But if you don't believe that you can, if you're all the time saying, well, you know, I had a long day, so I just want to flop on the couch. Don't you think I'm exhausted every single morning waking up, going to bed at 1 a.m. and then waking up in the middle of the night to feed a baby and having to still wake up at the time that I do so that I can get breakfast ready for my family, so that I can shower before my kids wake up, so that I can sit down on my computer on time, so that I can finish on time. You know, it's being intentional about the things that you are doing every day and how are you setting boundaries. That was huge for me because also as an immigrant to this country, I am a huge, huge people pleaser. Huge. 
And sometimes you just have to say no to things because you need to have your priorities straight. Sometimes there are shows that people are talking all over the place. Like, oh, you should watch this show. I'm like, yeah, I just Squid don't Games. And then you get on that shit and you're like, oh my God, it's been 10 hours of my life wasted on a show. Exactly. Exactly. And so if you think about it, when people say, I don't have time, I'm like, well, you mean you don't make the time? Everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. And I won't name any names because people say, like, oh, Beyonce, Beyonce, or, you know, Oprah and all these people. Yeah, they have a bunch of help. So I'm not relatable to those people, but I am a human, regular person that doesn't have a nanny. (laughs) It's just me and my husband doing a lot of this stuff here at home. And I think that it's just being very clear and getting yourself a support system that, it's okay with you coming up with these ideas because if my husband was as supportive as he was, I probably wouldn't be able to do it because he is okay with me working the extra hours after dinner. He is okay with me watching the girls right now while we're doing this podcast. There's certain things that you have to be okay with. If you have, you know, a naysayer or a Karen, as they say, in your life. (laughs) It's just, yeah, they're out there. Yeah, be okay with saying, you know what, this is not serving me right now. And really just being honest with yourself and understand that you don't have to have it figured out. Gabby and I, in the way that we're talking right now, we are pure examples of that. Look how much evolution my business has gone through. I started also as a makeup artist, realized that I didn't like that, moved on. Said, you know what, but at least I tried it. Now I know it's not for me. Then I started a mommy blog and all this all the fashion and all these other crazy things. And then I realized that's just not me. I'm more of a teacher. I'm more of a coach. And that is just how my passion was presented to me. But you won't know. You just don't know what you don't know. So you have to try, stop making up excuses for yourself, and then just do the damn thing. Because at the end of the day, it's like what they say my mom always says is, you can take the horse to water, but you cannot make a drink. So so what you're saying, Gabby, you can give people all the strategies in the world. You can tell them exactly what it is that you did in a blueprint to go step by step and be successful. But if they don't want to take the steps, if they don't want to stop watching Squid Games on a Saturday night, when they can be building a podcast or creating a freebie to create a mailing list, like you can make them do those things. So preach like. <laughs> literally preach. This is literally I what I talk to you all day long. You know? <laughs> no, but it's like, it's so true. I mean, even like, you know, we're recording this podcast. What is it? November 2nd. You know, you have Black Friday coming up, which is an amazing time to like, if you go to Udemy.com, I keep telling people, bookmark things on Udemy just to learn about blogging, real estate, SEO, I don't know, YouTube, whatever the hell it is you want to learn. They're going to have cheap freaking deals going on Black Friday for like courses that would normally be $200 for like $10. Run, go fucking learn. Like there is absolutely nothing stopping you from learning other than your own bullshit because everyone has $10. We spend it on fucking Hulu subscriptions every month and fucking coffee at Starbucks, right? Your fancy matcha latte for $8 with oat milk. Like, come on, let's be real. Cut the shit. I'm so fucking, if you can't tell, I'm frustrated about it, but it's like, there are ways, there are so many ways, especially with the internet to make things work. Bartering, if you can't afford it, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. But if anyone's proof, it's you because you're doing the damn thing. So I um, commend you for that. But hey, if people need some incentive, I came across this TikTok, which is where I found you, Gabby, a few months ago. This guy came up and he was like, this is your phone. Take out your phone and create content. And then he went ahead and talked about all these statistics. I'm huge in data. I'm very data-driven. And he showed us this data that he found in an article that was published that content creators are expected to make billions, billions of dollars in the near future. Like in the next 10 years or so, that is going to be, that's the future of work. People don't want to believe it, but it is the future of work. The gig economy is going to be a thing if it's not already a thing. So 
get on the bandwagon now while you have the time and become one of the OGs because you're going to regret that you're going to put all of your eggs in one basket into your nine to five and then scratch your head and say, oh, shoot, this is like when people start to invest, right? When you invest your money into the market, because otherwise it's like, what are you doing with it? And then you miss out on like a company like Amazon back in like when it first started in 2002 or something like that. It was like super cheap. Now it's like $2,500 for one share on Amazon. You know how much money people are making because they jumped into the risky situation of just investing into Amazon. So just think about those things. And if you are somebody who says, I don't want to take the risk because, you know, I want to be able to have my money or do what I'm doing. Build something on the side. And once you start to see a pickup traction, that's how a lot of entrepreneurs start. They start as a side hustler, then they build enough money and that side hustle money surpassed the money they make on their nine to five. And that is the key for them to leave their jobs and be able to do that full time. And sometimes people just want to be side hustlers forever. But if that is what you want to do to just have extra money, do that. But if you need incentive, just think of that word, billions, not with an M, with a B. Billions of dollars are going to be accessible for us, people who are creating content today. And you can do that from your phone, sitting in your bed, sitting in the toilet. <laughs> please don't, please don't post TikToks while you're in the toilet. But <laughs> But just putting it out there, just do it because you're just going to be dwelling and complaining, pointing fingers and just saying, oh, yeah, because you have privilege. Oh, yeah, you say this because you that. No, I'm still taking a lot of risk. My husband took tons of risk to do what he did. But seven years later, look where he's at, making three times the amount of money he would have. He would have stayed at that damn company he was at. Yeah, your 3% raise ain't going to cut it every single year when inflation is going up by 5%, if not more. So let's be honest, who's <laughs> really losing here? But you did touch on a couple of good things. But like one thing that struck me is when I talk to a lot of people who are like, I just don't even know where to start. Like I want those things, but I've been so attached to my job title, my role, like previous things that I've done that I don't even know where the hell to start. And I'm so tired. How the hell do I even, it's all of that stuff, right? Feeling lost and not knowing what you are outside of your job. Do you have any recommendations like what people can do around that? Absolutely. Especially coming from me as a multi-passionate person, I have tons of interests. So it's very hard for me to narrow things down. What I did to be able to come up with the idea I have, aside from people from the outside telling me, is to do a personal inventory. Sit down and just dump all of your ideas in a paper or go to Google Sheets or something. Just start writing everything that interests you and then start asking people around you, people who you trust that can tell you the truth, but also in a way that's not going to make you, because in the, in the beginning stages, you are very vulnerable to feedback. You don't want to hear it because it's like, you know, I'm trying to do it and I don't want to hear negative feedback. But just try to find somebody, whether it's a spouse, a sibling, a parent, a best friend, and ask them, hey, if I were to ask you the top three things you think I'm good at, what would those things be? And that person is going to tell you. And so you start cross-referencing things that you believe you're good at and the things that people assume you're good at or have the perception of you being good at. Because I want to just touch upon this thing called personal branding, Gabby. It's so important for your entrepreneurial journey. You have to have a personal brand because at the end of the day, you are working so hard to build someone else's brand when you're in a nine-to-five, right? And even if you are building a business, it's important that you build a personal brand because if today, like I did, I wanted to do makeup artistry and a year later I realized I didn't want to do it anymore, at least I have the personal brand that people recognize me as. And what that means is people know me as proactive, resourceful, a go-getter, 
And they also tell me about, wow, you're just awesome at taking risks. You're just like, whatever comes to your mind, you just do it, go all in. And then if you realize you don't like it, then you move on to something else. I wouldn't have people supporting me through all of these changes if I didn't have a strong personal brand. Can you just elaborate for a second what personal brand is? Because I think some people, when they think personal brand, they think of like, oh, the influencer with the fonts and all this stuff. And I think there's a difference between brand as in like a company brand and you brand as a person. Absolutely. So I'm glad that you asked because I love talking about personal branding. Personal branding is super simple. People overcomplicate it. And the way that it works is how people perceive you. So there's this really great quote by Jeff Bezos. He says, personal branding is what people say about you when you leave the room. So how do people talk about you when you're not present? Oh, that's fucking fire. I never heard yeah. that before. God. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's actually, I learned that in business school, I was doing a case study and we were talking about personal branding and all these crazy big brands like Coca-Cola, Oprah, and all these big names. In reality, what comes to your mind when you think of Oprah? What comes to mind when you think of Coca-Cola? What comes to mind when you think of Google? What comes to mind when you think of Apple? Yeah, they're brands. They're physical brands, with the exception of Oprah. They have this intangible thing to them that you perceive them as, right? When you think of Apple, you think of the iPhone, something that's probably the best phone out there because it's the quality that you associate with that particular brand. And Jeff Bezos, that quote was in one of our case studies, and it always stuck with me because it was the easiest way for me to understand what personal branding is because it's not something that's tangible. You cannot touch it. It's not physical. It is something that you teach people by the way that you show up by the way that you treat others, by the way that you express yourself when you go out there in the world. And another one that I love to tell people, Maya Angelou is one of my favorite writers in the world. And she said something that really struck with me. And it is people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. People will never forget how you made them feel. So personal branding has a lot to do with that. How do you make people feel when they're around you? Are they energized? Do they feel like they can be inspired to take action? And that is what we're here to do, to inspire you to take action. And yes, of course, taking into consideration some of the risk because you know yourself better. You know your situation and you know what you're going through. But, you know, we need to start taking small steps towards bettering ourselves and towards creating a personal brand around us because it is the legacy that's going to stay for future generations. So for whatever it is that you want to achieve in this world. So... The way to do this when you're like, I don't know where to start. None of us knew where to start. We didn't know. I heard one of your podcast episodes, Gabby, when you were like, I first wanted to do something with plants. Oh my God. Like, so embarrassing. Was- <laughs> it's like, it's funny too. Cause like when I constantly talk to people about them, like, oh, I had no way. I'm like, yeah, you had no way. Like, I don't even want to tell people about it because it's so embarrassing. My poor boyfriend's probably like trying to be supportive back then last year when I was doing this. He's like, yeah, babe, this is terrible. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's not going to work out. But that's how it starts. I started with makeup artistry and then I realized that I didn't want to do that anymore. But you just don't know. Again, I'm going to go back to you just don't know what you don't know. And that goes with something else. It's like you need to start just pick a social platform. Okay, there's just so many to choose from. But choose one because I know that you're probably working full time. You're overwhelmed. You don't know how to work the whole thing. Choose one. In this case, I want to talk about LinkedIn because that is where my personal brand was born, right? On LinkedIn. And the reason why I started on LinkedIn was because it had to do with my job. I didn't think of LinkedIn as a social media platform. It was only a platform I used to find candidates for my jobs. 
And I was on LinkedIn for a long time until 2020. And I was interested in doing career coaching in 2019. And then I said, oh, you know, people use LinkedIn to find jobs. So that could be the perfect place for me to go and find candidates and find clients for my business. And so I started to just talk to industry experts, people who were already on LinkedIn making it. That's something else that you have to think about. Don't ever take advice from people who are not doing what you want to do. Oh my God. Can you say that 10 times more? Because I feel like I talked to so many people who are like, well, my mom said this. And I'm like, did your mom do anything that you want to do? Well, no, but it's like, then don't fucking ask her for advice. Like with love, take it with a grain of salt, but move on to someone who knows what the fuck they're talking about. Exactly. And that is where mentorship comes in. You know, it's important for you to try to look up to people who are where you one day want to be because they are the ones who are going to tell you what to do, what not to do. And they don't have to technically tell you. You can see because some of them create content around that. Biggest mistakes I've made when I first started my business. There's just so much out there that it's just impossible not to find it. But I'll give you an example. I found this woman. Her name is Sarah Johnson, and she is a huge career coach on LinkedIn. She has close to a million followers now. Big. I didn't know. I just admired her so much. I started engaging with her content just out of with no strategy. I just wanted to let her know that I loved what she was talking about. I commented on her stuff, sent her messages. And one day she noticed me, this woman with a million followers and me with like 2000 followers. (laughs) She noticed me and she said, you know, I just wanted you to know that I noticed that you show up to my content every day and I appreciate it more than I can say. If you ever need anything, please let me know. I'm happy to help. And I was just like oh my God, this is awesome. And that is when I realized the power of LinkedIn. I was like, oh my gosh, if I can reach somebody with this statue, of like being all the way up here, she's been doing her business for such a long time and she noticed me, there's something here. So you always have to keep your ear to the ground and try to see what works, what doesn't work. If you engaging with people is what's giving you traction, then keep doing that. It doesn't mean that you have to create content, but it means that you're engaging with other people in the industry. She agreed to jump on a call with me. She gave me advice. She just gave me all this stuff that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And it helped me get my business off the ground. And again, treat your business as a testing ground, especially if you have the opportunity to do so while you're still working nine to five, because it gives you the opportunity to know what it is you want and then discard it if you don't want it, and then keep going if you do. But going onto LinkedIn, started creating content, getting noticed, being asked to go on podcast interviews, being asked to, hey, can you come to teach our staff members how to use LinkedIn for sales? There's just so many opportunities that came out of that, of me just commenting on people's stuff. And if you say, well, I don't know what I want to do. So you knew that you wanted to be a career coach. And so that's why you went to that person. Start with personal development. Because that's where you're going to be opening up a lot more doors. Um, You know, we have Gary Vaynerchuk, right? He doesn't have like specific niche that he only talks about these type of things. But he opens up a lot of doors in the sense of like, oh, that's a really good point. I never thought of it that way. And then you meet this person or that person. And that's when you start to create a network through your personal brand. So let's say that you decided on TikTok. People just start on TikTok. They have no idea what they're doing on TikTok. They're just... That's what I did. Just doing the damn thing. And then it just, holy crap, one day it worked. Exactly. So the hint here is, and again, I go back to me being multi-passionate, which I really did not know what the heck I needed to do. I did not know what path I wanted to go on. But you cannot be afraid to pivot. Because when you start with an idea, it doesn't mean that it has to be the idea forever in your business. You know, some people start with coaching on the side and then they evolve to become 
course creators and then they don't do coaching anymore. They just create courses. And then from there, they teach people how to create courses. And then they go on to do podcasts and they just make money out of podcast ads. Things evolve. And so I don't want you to kind of get stuck in a sense of going into one path and say, well, I can't turn back now because everyone knew me in this path. So therefore, like I can't pivot. So you have to always have that open mind and realize that it's okay to pivot because you are figuring it out. You are trying to do it. But don't let that give you analysis paralysis. It's what I love to tell myself. What's in the internet, everything that we're telling you right now is just information. Okay, don't let that overwhelm you. Don't let that make you feel like you're so behind. Just do it. So right now, what I want you to do as an actionable step for you, the listener right now, take out a piece of paper and write down 10 lines of things that you're interested in learning more about. And then once you have those there, start going online and researching people who already do those things and start to notice what are the type of audiences that they have? How did they get there? Because I guarantee you that people who are big right now, they have some sort of story out there of how they started. So you can kind of mirror that. And we have so much privilege, Gabby, because we have access to the internet and there's so many people that came behind us or in front of us that already made the mistakes for us. All we have to do is say, well, they went this direction, it didn't work out. So maybe I should try to avoid those things so that I don't make the same mistakes. Exactly. That's probably been the greatest thing about connecting over podcasting is that I get to reach all these different people who do different things. And instead of, because let's be honest, articles are great, blogs are great, even YouTube channels are great, but you're going to really know the tips and tricks and like streamlined ways of doing things through conversation and by talking to people. Like you had that chat with that woman, us having this conversation through the podcast or being friends and talking outside. Like I will Instagram DM people that I know all day long and they're asking me questions. I'm asking them questions. And all of a sudden I know how to do, pitch a brand if I want to work with a brand or how, how do I do real estate investing? Like all of a sudden I know all these things that I wouldn't have known had I not actually built a network and like reach out to people and like had the internet at my fingertips. Exactly. So another question that comes up with that, you know, I mentioned LinkedIn and personal branding. Sometimes people are scared. Well, you know, I don't want my manager to see what I'm doing or. Yeah, I was going to ask that. You know, there's so much anxiety about looking. There's vulnerability, right? That's a whole thing that happens on the internet, period. But then there's also like, well, what if I've worked a full-time job and I don't want to jeopardize my current career over something silly like this? Or like like a big joke when TikTok came around, it's like, oh, my manager, I got fired because I was on TikTok or something. Or even, even for me, like, right, corporate quitter, like it's all about leaving the nine to five, which makes sense for me to go on LinkedIn, but I drop F-bombs. Like I'm real, like I'm raw. And I'm also sharing part of the not so great things about corporate that people that I might've worked with might be like, well, fuck this girl. Like, who does she think she is? Like, you know, so I, a lot of people, it's a very real thing. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you're asking that, Gabby, because here's the thing with that. It's a twofold. First is if you do decide to go on LinkedIn, which I highly recommend because it is such an organic reach there. You don't have to pay for ads. I mean, I'm telling you, I started off in June of this year creating content because I've been commenting on people's stuff for a year. And I was afraid of creating my own content for all that time. And I was at around 4,000 followers in June of 2021. I'm about to reach 16,000 just by creating content three times a week, not every single day. You know, you don't want to burn yourself out. And one of my posts just went viral and I got a bunch of people interested in my business, interested in what I had to offer and to talk to me and things like that. So if you do decide to go on LinkedIn, the first question you need to ask yourself is, why do you want to be on it? Why are you getting out of it? Not just, oh, I have organic reach and I'm going to get a lot of followers, but what are you getting out of it? Because there's a certain demographic on LinkedIn that if it won't serve you for your business or your idea of a business, then you don't need to be on it. Okay, that's one. Let's say that it is there. Let's say that you are interested in tapping into LinkedIn because it could potentially give you good results. Well, 
The first thing I will do is cover yourself legally, you know, go back to your handbook and read what's the policy around you being on social media. And then you can start slow. You can start by just commenting on other people's stuff. You don't have to come out of gates creating your own content, but start getting comfortable by putting comments here and there, liking people's stuff, sending messages in the DM. And if you think that it's picking up traction for you and it's something that you enjoy doing, then why not just have a conversation with your manager about it? Because honestly, it's what I was telling you about that other company that I was, it was super toxic. And that was one of the reasons why I was like, I'm out because they made a comment about me being on LinkedIn. I was like, first of all, how petty are you to be like looking at my activity? LinkedIn is also the shit. Come on. I mean, it's a great way for business. I mean, I get candidates through there too. When I was in HR too, like the hell. But that's the thing. When you work for these companies who are super toxic, they're extremely close-minded, but you have to have a plan, right? You have to have a plan to have these conversations. Because my conversation with my manager was, I said, first of all, here are the, the benefits of me being on LinkedIn for your company. Make it about them. Because sometimes, you know, we are so individualistic and we're always thinking about what's in it for me, that if they come to you from, you know, the left field to tell you you shouldn't be on LinkedIn, then tell them how it's beneficial for them and you might shut them up. Or that's just an opportunity or the push you needed to know that you either need to look for another job or that this is your sign to say, you know what, if this, I'm out. I want to be on LinkedIn because X, Y, Z. And if you don't support that, then because obviously you have to be respectful. You shouldn't be doing that during work hours. Like I don't ever do my side hustle during work hours. I'm very respectful about that because obviously they're in it for a business. They're paying you to do a job and you want to make sure you do that job. But if you're doing it before work and after work, it's none of their business. None of their business because LinkedIn is just another social media platform where they have no control over it. Okay. That's not something that they own. It's not something that they can't force you not to be on. So on your truth, make sure that you are prepared to answer those questions. And for myself, I'm a huge people pleaser. I hate when people don't like me or I hate when people have something to say about me. But I just, I was sweating like crazy, but I, I stood up to him and I said, well, here are the reasons why I believe that as a recruiter and as a human resource professional, it's convenient for me to be on LinkedIn for your business because of X, Y, Z. And I also said, I said, although I'm doing work-related things on the platform, I don't ever use the platform while I'm on, doing work hours. Make it clear. But it just goes back to, it doesn't have to necessarily be LinkedIn. If you're scared of people seeing what it is you're doing, then ask yourself, okay, is it the best place for me to be on? And if it is, then just know that that might just be a risk you have to take and you have to be comfortable with it. Or say, you know, I want to go the other route. But you'll still run the risk of if you create a TikTok, people are still going to find you. Sooner or later, somebody from work is going to find you. So just know that you're not in it for them. You're in it for you and what's for your future. I mean, I'm going to call myself out right now. If I would have jumped into the TikTok bandwagon last year, I don't know where I would be right now because I used to be one of those like, oh, TikTok is so stupid. Like, what are all these girls doing like dancing and moving their booties? Like, so dumb. And my <laughs> husband and I used to make fun. <laughs> my husband and I used to make fun of us. Like, oh, this is ridiculous. And then I came across this person on LinkedIn who's a career coach himself reaching 100,000 followers. I'm like, whoa. There is an audience on LinkedIn for every single niche. And I didn't know that. But it took somebody to post that on LinkedIn for me to say, I need to jump on that. And it took me six months because I was doing research. And like, I want to do it the right way. And that is something that I have to tell you a mistake I've made is to just figure it out as you go. Don't let that stop you from saying it has to be perfect. It shouldn't be perfect. Because that is how you're going to create that relatable relationship with people. When you don't show up all cookie cutter and with your makeup on all the time and looking perfect, people are going to relate to you. 
That's what's going to make you stand out from the sea of creators, from the sea of coaches, from the sea of entrepreneurs, is by showing up as who you are and being authentic to that. And I know that authenticity is just like overused nowadays, but it's what you were just saying, Gabby. You know, I don't know if LinkedIn is my place because I curse. So I don't know if people are going to be accepting of that. Do you have to be understanding of who you are, how you want to show up? Because there are a lot of people who do curse on LinkedIn, like Gary Vaynerchuk. I know. Like he you has, keep telling me that. I'm like, oh, I got to do yeah, it. Yeah. He has this tribe, you know, like he has people who are so relieved they have a Gary Vaynerchuk on LinkedIn. Like finally somebody who gets it. Finally somebody who curses. Finally somebody who I can relate to on LinkedIn. People are looking for somebody to relate to. So whether that's going to be on LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, podcasting, you are going to find your tribe, but you have to understand the reason why you're doing it and knowing that it's not going to happen overnight. You just have to keep pushing and understand why you're doing it in the first place because it's hard. You know, it's hard. Last night I was having a client call, helping her with her interview skills, and it was almost 1030 at night and I was beat. I was beat, I'm telling you. One of my eyes were like... <laughs> oh my God, the twitching when you're like, yes, I know exactly what you're talking Twitch about. Twitch in. Twitch in. And then I have this little post-it next to my computer. You're doing it for a better life. The other one says, you're doing it to build a future for your daughters. You're doing it to build a future for your parents. Know why you're doing it because you are going to want to give up. I guarantee it. Every fucking day. I feel like I'm drowning every fucking day. And I don't even have kids. I don't have the mortgage responsibility. I don't have those things and I still feel like I'm drowning. But you know what you want, Gabby. You know why you did it. And again, I don't want to make you blush or anything, but even before we jumped on, it's like, I admire Gabby so much because I came across her page on TikTok and I was like, I've never seen somebody just own who they are this much and just saying what's on their mind without caring. And it doesn't mean that she doesn't care what you think as people watching her, but she does it anyways. And it's something that I'm kind of working myself towards doing it because again, I'm a people pleaser and I'm scared like, oh, I don't want to say something that's going to offend anybody. But people are always going to get offended. Like it doesn't matter what you say. Oh man. Thank you for saying that, by the way, because it really, um, it helps me continue to do what I do and just drop F-bombs and be like no filter. But it's so true. Even when I go the extra mile of explaining myself or providing context, like something I was just talking to somebody the other day is like, even when you try to explain yourself, even when you provide more reason as to why they're wrong in the way of disliking you or hating you or feeling offended, they've made the decision to hate you from the very beginning. So you really can't change their mind. So why would you put yourself down and stoop to that level when you can just move forward and they can just basically, a couple months now, a couple years now, they're going to look back and be like, oh my God, I'm up. this person's amazing. And they're not going to realize that they were shitting on you for years. Yeah, it's just it's a real thing. Exactly. So I actually came across it. The first video that I came across on you was, you were talking about a book or something and like why you decided to leave nine to five. And I'm like, follow. And since then, <laughs> I since the summer, I've been following you closely, just looking at how much you've grown and how mature everything that you do is. And it's just like, wow, I want to be like that when I grow up and <laughs> just implement a lot of that into my business. And I did it. I just did a TikTok video that it's kind of taking off because it's so polarizing. Yes. Be comfortable with being polarizing. And it's something that is taking me so long to admit and be okay with. Yo, it's so hard. It's hard. It's hard because you know that those haters are going to come for you. You know that that confidence might dip a little bit. It's like, was I wrong? Was I not? But what I said was, you know, people just are dying to get into tech, right? There's a bunch of people who's like, I want to get into tech. I want to get into tech. The big companies like the Googles, the Apples, the Amazons, they have a very strict way of interviewing for people because, hello, they're, everybody wants to work for them. So they have to have some sort of gatekeep 
to filter people through, to make sure that they're hiring the best of the best. So I did a TikTok about, it was a trend, and I said, you know, when you really like this candidate, but they didn't pass the technical interview, which is like coding, right? And you have to tell them that they they didn't make it through after six rounds of interviews. Oh my God, people were losing their minds. Like, that should be illegal. Why are you putting people through six rounds of interviews? So I'm trying to explain myself in the comments. And then somebody says, like, I was full of myself for like wanting to put people through those interview process or something like that. So I commented, like I did a video of the comment. And then I said, this is the reason why people like you are never getting into tech. Because at the end of the day, if you really are aware of how tech works, every single company has the same exact steps. They all have between six and nine interviews for you to go through it. If you don't like it, then don't interview. Just realize that you're never going to get into tech, period. I don't make the rules. And I would want to change it because the system sometimes can be broken. But at the end of the day, you're just one person. If you cannot fix it, go around it. If you really want to be a part of it. It's what you're saying. Like people just always want to make excuses, point fingers and blame others for the things that they're afraid to do. But isn't it crazy? Because like, hey, you're not the one setting the rules, right? It's not your company. You're just the one recruiting, which is like, okay, hold the fuck up. It's not me. Who's, I'm just giving you the insight of, hey, this is what's required if you're interested. And yet they're finding ways to pick you apart because it makes them feel better. And that's just the reality of it. People have really shitty lives and they make it that way because of like that person who like couldn't see beyond the fact that this is the reality of how people vet people out. Because I'm sure you see it all the time. I've seen it with myself too. Hiring a terrible candidate it sucks. It's a terrible time. Like you can't fire them. Like it is a very bad thing. So for people to have certain restrictions like that, even for myself, I've hired two different VAs. I had to fire one already and I didn't have a well enough interview process. And now right I've refined it. I'm doing better. And there's a testing period, but like these companies have to do the same exact thing. What do you expect? Google's just going to give handouts. Let's come on, come on. doesn't work like that in this world. And if you want to get around it, find someone on LinkedIn Use LinkedIn and find someone who works there. Be like, hey, I'm really interested. Can you get me in and build that relationship? There's a great back door to get into. Exactly. But you know what, Gabby? Those are the hard things that people don't like to do. Those are the hard ways. People just want things to come easy to them. But I just want to kind of go back to the conversation of your personal I know, we brand. Were <laughs> That's on a tangent. No, but we just, this is awesome. I just love this conversation. But, and I hope that is really helpful for people. But you know what I was, the reason why I mentioned what I said was that's Gabby's personal brand. That's what she's doing to build her personal brand of, you know what? This way I am, I curse to make my point. People like it. Some people don't like it. But I don't need the people that don't like it in my life. I don't need them to buy my services because at the end of the day, they're not my people. They're not my tribe. The way that Gabby's attracting people who vibe with her, who give her energy in her business as opposed to draining it from her is because she's intentionally showing up the way she is to build a personal brand so that she knows that when people are knocking on her DMs, say, hey, I want to work with you. She knows that they know who she is. She's not putting this facade. She's not acting out because at the end of the day, like when you're working nine to five, you have to put a certain persona of you because of their personal brand. That when you're building your own business, you have the luxury and the opportunity to be you. And Gabby has taken a great opportunity to do that with people. And it's a great example of what a personal brand should be because that's how you're going to be attracting your people. It could be a slow process. It could be a long process. But at least you know that you're filtering people through because of your personal brand. 
Yeah. And that's the beauty of creating content. Like you said, like, it's funny because the other day I did, I actually threw Upwork every stuff and I'll like send basically proposals to people looking for podcasts, you know, consults or people just helping with graphic design for podcasts, right? Because that's my side thing is like doing podcasting stuff, right? I'm not going to help you with yours and all that. And so this guy, he had seen that I was on TikTok while he was viewing my proposal, went and watched like almost all my videos. And he was like, oh my God, I get you. Like he liked what you said. He completely saw who I was, my story, what I was about. And immediately he was like, I don't even know what you have to say, but I want to work with you because he immediately saw exactly the type of person I was before I was even putting a proposal in front of his face. And that, that is the beauty of creating content. Exactly. And then just to close it off with a personal brand, it doesn't have to be complicated. Look, like we're just looking at our cameras, answering questions and telling you our opinion. And that is building the personal brand. So even if you don't know where to go, Just go back to your messages and see the most asked questions that you ever had from people around you. Jump on TikTok and say, hey, you know, a lot of people around me always ask me this question and I wanted to answer for everybody because I know it's very common. And then that's how you start. And people on that are going to comment and then you're going to say something about that comment. And that's how it just grows. Because sometimes people say, well, I don't know. I will run out of ideas or I don't know what to say or how to start my video. Just do it by answering common questions. And the way that you can also do that, if you're interested in doing something like what Gabby is doing, go to her page. See what people are commenting on her stuff. You have the opportunity to answer those questions too. Because at the end of the day, we're only one person. Sometimes we do want to answer all of our comments, but sometimes we just can't, especially when the video goes viral. Like oh you God. just can't keep up. You should up. probably see from the LinkedIn post too. You're like, how am I supposed to respond to 4,000 comments? You're like, oh my God, I just, I can't, I can't do it. Exactly. So building your personal brand is really the simplest thing that you can ever think of. It's just by being you. And I know that that, it's like, well, what does that mean? Well, Gabby is a great example. So if you don't know, go ahead and watch her TikToks and follow everything that she does and you'll be able to see her personal brand. For me, I'm a little bit more of, you know, the professional because I've had that corporate instilled in me, kind of militarized a little bit and I'm trying to break out of that show. I'm going to nudge it out of you slowly as we get to know (laughs) each other better. You just wait. (laughs) And for me, you know, sometimes it's just the words that people associate with you, right? Uh, Go-getter, resourceful, proactive, knows what she wants. And in this case, there's just so many that I can think of when it comes to Gabby as well. And that's what you want people to recognize you as. And it could be something else like, you know, Ariana drinks coffee every day on her videos. I can be the coffee girl. Like all of that are essential pieces of what your personal brand is like and how it can help you build a future for yourself. And just know that you might get lucky and post one video and go viral and then you can go from there. Or you might take a little bit more help with somebody that can mentor you, right, to get there or just asking people around you. It's just so simple. You just have to do it. Just do the damn thing. Yeah. And obviously it goes without saying, but like the more that you do it, the better you get at it. So if you look at like probably previous posts that you did, they were probably like really long and drawn out. And now at this point, they're probably like really quick to the point using really fire language. Like people just get it. And you're like just engaging, really you're asking good questions, like doing all the things that you should do. Even with video content probably was like really, really long and drawn out in the beginning. And now you're like quick and to the point and you can jam it in within 30 seconds to 60 seconds. And it's a process, but you get better over time, just like someone who practices football or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's a sport. Absolutely. That's a great analogy, Gabby. I love that. Yeah, it is a sport. It literally is. <laughs> Got to run track every day, basically feels like it. But I want to switch gears for a second. I know we're talking about a lot of content stuff and I know you have a podcast that you're coming up with. So do you want to like touch on that a bit? I know you're going to be launching it by end of year. Yes. Thank you, Gabby. I appreciate that. Yes, I am launching my very own podcast and it is named Side Hustle Experience. And it is for my multi-passionate people out there who really don't know what to do, where to go, where to start. And it just helps you to start that foundation of launching your side hustle 
while you're working your nine to five. Or if you really want to stay in your nine to five and just continue with your side hustle forever, that's exactly what I teach people how to do on my podcast. And I will be bringing industry experts, people who have done successfully launched their full-time business after working nine to five for five plus years, people who have other responsibilities like moms in my community who currently work full-time and build a business as well. I just think it's important to bring in industry experts to talk about these things because yeah, I have my own opinions, but it's just good to have a variety of thoughts from people and diversity of thought when it comes to that. I will be launching it on December 20th. And I am so excited to have everybody go and listen because it is just going to be a blast. It's exactly like this. You probably just got a taste of what I am when it comes to building a podcast. And I'm so excited to have Gabby along my side to just help me with that with that journey. Yeah, I'm so excited too, because as we were talking prior to recording this, y'all, you're going to be able to binge this throughout Christmas into the new year and start the new year like on a really high note because the right end of year reflections happen and then the beginning of the year, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to finally do the damn thing. But listening to someone like you kind of explain all these different ways that people can start from a side hustle will give them the platform and the launch that they need that maybe within you know the next few months, January through June, you're doing hard, hard work where you can get to a point that maybe you can leave your job or maybe it takes a little bit longer, but at least they'll have a platform by using your podcast as the way to make it happen. Exactly. Exactly. I'm super excited. Cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. So uh, we talked about so many things. (laughs) So many things that were kind of like, you know, off topic or off in a different direction, which I think was amazing, right? Covering so many things. But can you give us like one final send off in the way of something that I like to ask my guests is if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? So what would you tell young Ediana? That's a great question. I love that. And I'm always thinking of that myself. There's three things specifically that I always tell myself that if I would have started over again on my younger self is start before you're ready. I dwell so much on, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where to start that I just wasted so many years. I mentioned to you when we first started, I've been wanting to start a podcast since 2018. And who knows what my podcast would have been if I would have started then without double guessing myself. That's one. Start before you're ready because you're going to figure it out as you go. Ready is not a thing. It's like becoming a parent. You're always waiting to be ready. And you can be 40 with a million dollars in the bank and you're still not going to feel ready. Just do it. And then the last thing I like to tell myself is making mistakes build character and confidence. It's okay to fall on your face a few times because when you are making mistakes is when you're learning. And that's very important for you to keep in mind that Leave your ego aside of like, what are people going to say if I make a mistake? People relate to that because it makes you human. So it is okay. Coming from a person who has a type A personality, who likes things a certain way, and I'm a planner and I like things to go exactly how I plan them. I've noticed that when I make mistakes, it's where I come out stronger on the other end. So don't let that stop you from doing what it is that you want to do. Even if you don't know what it is, start out, make mistakes and make it awesome. Fuck yeah, I love it. What a way to end the episode. Damn. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Can you just share everyone kind of where they could find you if they want to get career or even content coaching? Where can they find you to, you know, ask you about that? Absolutely. So I can be found on TikTok and the name of my TikTok is Side Hustle Experience or Simply Eddie. And you can also find me on Instagram under the same handle, as well as LinkedIn. I am there almost every single day. And my website is simplyeddy.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. And I, uh, I'm i so excited for your podcast. I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter podcast. Make sure to check out corporatequitter.com for extended content and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter and to learn more about how you can leave the 9 to 5. 
follow our host Gabby on Instagram or TikTok at she likes to gab. 